Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. So, Jordy, we're going to talk about developing a thought leadership program today. Kind of walk us through what we're going to do. Yeah, it was interesting putting this outline together, Diane. I I really think we're going to enjoy the 15-minute mini conversations that we have every Friday. So for the first 15 minutes, we're going to define what is a thought leader because just the phrase in and of itself is considered jargon to some. So we want to really make sure you understand what that is and and how you can be a thought leader at the end of this. Um, We're going to teach how to use multiple platforms to help spread your word, but not spread yourself so thin that it makes you look bad. And we'll elaborate on that when we get a little bit later on. That's at quarter past the hour, half past the hour. We're going to teach you how to play to your strengths so that when you're actually delivering your message, you're saying it with conviction. Last thing you want is to put out some great content and not have it look like you know what you're talking about. And then finally, last 15 minutes of this conversation, we're gonna teach you how you can outreach to other people in your industry and have the confidence to do so. And in the end, that's gonna help lend credence to your voice in getting your message out there in a probably very busy space. Well, this is going to be a great conversation. And by the end of this conversation, you will have the tools and the confidence to be able to really put yourself out there and become a thought leader in your own industry, which is really, really exciting. So just a quick reminder, if you are joining us live on Facebook, jump into the conversation. We can see your comments. If you have questions, if there are things that you want to ask or clarify or um, you know, stories of your own that you want to tell, jump in, put in a comment on Facebook, and we can see those live. If you're joining us afterward, that's fine too. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, um, comment on this uh, post on Facebook or on YouTube, or drop us an email. We're all available online on our website. And we will answer those questions either in next week's chat when Jordan finally has a Friday off, lucky guy. (laughs) Or it may become the basis for another Move the Stairs chat in the future. So keep those questions coming. We'd love to get those. And don't forget, we just like every Move the Stairs Friday chat, we've got a great actionable downloadable one sheet. And actually, if you click on the link that we've embedded within the post of the copy here, it'll take you directly to that blog and you'll find the PDF all the way at the bottom of the blog. And then after the fact, we're actually going to attach this video to it as well. So we've got everything together on this Friday. How about that? (laughs) And I love this topic of thought leadership, but um, you know, one of the things that when we're thinking of our topics, we're thinking of what did our clients have to deal with in the past couple of weeks that could help you where we've helped them? Um, and one of the ways we help them is our philosophy, which is called move the stairs. For those of you who don't know what move the stairs means, um, it really means looking at whatever the situation is and working within the parameters of the situation. The key is to really know what the situation is. I think it's very interesting. In the past couple of weeks, we've had a client we've been working with um, through a crisis. And when they gave us the parameters and then we went into the meeting, the parameters changed. 
which changed what we thought about and what was possible. I really want you to think about where you are in life right now, what challenges your business has, and how do you how are you creative within the realm? You can always think out of the box, but within the realm of what's possible. So let me give you the example is I was in television news. I was sitting on what's called the assignment desk and I had a chance to be a field producer. I was so excited and it was uh, one of Senator McCain's uh, election nights. And, you know, he was in the Senate forever. So we pretty much knew he was the incumbent and he was going to win. And I was uh, to go out in the field and basically manage the production from out there. When I got there, I realized looking at the riser and the podium where he was going to give his acceptance speech, that uh, when he was done with the acceptance speech, he was going to be walking directly to my competition because they were on one side of the riser and our station was completely out of position on the other side of the riser. So I went up to the riser and I'm thinking, what can I do? What can I do to give myself a little bit of an edge here? And I saw these huge metal stairs that had rollers on them. And I looked around the other side and they could have been bolted in on either side. So what did I do? I unbolted the stairs and I moved them. And because of that, that night when he came onto the riser and went off of the riser, he walked directly to my station. And in television news, whoever gets the interview first wins. And that's what your bosses care about. And so we won in a big way that night. And that became the motto for my life. Move the stairs with whatever it is that you're doing. We want you to move the stairs today with thought leadership. So let's go ahead and define that, Sarah. Yeah. So thought leadership is one of those terms, um, like Jordan said, it's a little bit philosophical. You know, you've kind of heard it, but you may not understand what it means. And it's pretty simple. A thought leader is someone who has an authoritative voice. They have the experience uh, and they are considered a go-to expert or the primary expert in their industry. And it could be any industry. It could be widgets. It could be, you know, cranberry muffins. It could be anything. So these, <laughs> I don't know. For that matter, right? Could be PR, right? So these folks are at the cutting edge. You know, they're at the very cutting edge of their industry, of the latest developments in their industry. And crucially, they are willing to offer their thoughts, ideas, opinions, and engage in a two-way conversation with people throughout their industry. And that's, we've got some examples coming up of people that we consider thought leaders in our industry. Um, and we'll get into that. But I think that that's a really crucial element. It's not just that you are sort of there as an expert, but you don't share your expertise with anyone. Being a thought leader means that you share your expertise. And that's really what it what it's about. I think of, you know, when I'm trying to think of a thought leader off the top of my head, and Diane, I know you're going to be a fan of who I toss out here. <laughs> um, I think of Jim Kramer on, oh, on CNBC. <laughs> yeah, it, Kramerica, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But he hosts um, not one but two shows on CNBC, and he is one of the most respected um, stock market economists out there right now. And not only does he give his expertise out on television, he also has a, a website where clients can go and sign up for his services. But he's never afraid to lend his opinion, even if it goes against the grain, because his ultimate deal is to try to promote the best and the healthiest business practices on Wall Street, the stock market, people trying to build a, a portfolio responsibly. So when I started to get into investing, he really caught my attention because of everything that he offered, not only on the broadcast airwaves, but also on Twitter. He responds to people on Twitter. Um, he's favorited a couple of my tweets when um, I'll ask him something and he'll retweet you. And I think that's really important. The engagement part of being a thought leader is what is going to set you apart from others who may be just as smart or wise or have a great take just like you do. But being able to give that back is what will set you apart from other people who are kind of at the upper echelon of the ladder. Well, and go ahead, Sarah. No. Oh, well, I just think that that's really, um, you know, a great example because Jim Cramer is somebody that everybody knows, right? You guys follow. We talk about Jim Cramer all the time. Mm -hmm. Especially at my age. We're talking about him more. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, so it's no surprise um, to anybody who knows me, you guys will laugh at me as, you know, and this is a great opportunity to laugh at my personality. So my thought leader is super wonky, super detailed. This is somebody who's well known in our industry and he's well known. I just want to say we are so happy that you are super wonky and super detailed. I am the MNC wonk and I'm comfortable with that. I would just say opposites attract and it's probably the reason that we all get along so well because we're all different when it comes to that. (laughs) (laughs) True. So I met this guy a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, at a measurement conference. And I know that sounds riveting to all of you. It was riveting to me because measurement in PR is a really critical element of what we do. And it's, a, it's because we need to be able to measure ROI. We need to measure our value. So going back to Jim Cramer, right? He's talking about ROI and business metrics. Mm -hmm. Well, as PR experts, as PR strategists in our industry, we need to be able to go to our clients and say, yep, you know, you're spending this amount of money on our services every month. And here's your ROI. Here's the value you're getting. And so that's why this industry conference and measurement and getting really, really good at Measurement is so important. So this guy's name is Jesper Anderson. He's from Denmark, super nice guy. And critically, um, I have interacted with him a couple of times since I met him because he's available on Twitter and I followed him and he followed me right back. We uh, are friends on LinkedIn, colleagues on LinkedIn. And a couple of times I've run into a question or a thought or just something that I thought, boy, I'm not sure how to measure this particular element or you know, solve this problem for for a client. And I have reached out to him and said, hey, what do you think about this? And let me tell you, he responds right away. So I think that that's a a critical component of um, being a thought leader in your industry, whatever, however wonky your industry is, (laughs) right? There's someone who wants to know, wants to tap into your expertise and being willing to share it really is part of being a thought leader. Absolutely. I think that sharing part is key, that instead of holding everything so close to the vest, what we've learned at MNC is the more we give out, the more we give back. Mm -hmm. And it really is one of those things where you share your expertise, you help people along. Um, They'll decide whether or not um, they want to work with you, but but you gain credibility and you gain respect. And when I think of thought leaders, there are two women specifically in the CBD industry that I follow. One is Nancy Whiteman over at Wana Brands. Nancy was one of the first in uh, the cannabis industry um, and has built this really phenomenal company. But if you go to their website, um, in fact, with both of these ladies, if you go to their website, Joy Smith of Joy Organics is the other one who jumps to mind right away. Um, You're gonna learn all about cannabis and CBD on their websites you're going to be educated. Um, They're also gonna be the first ones to tell you what's new out there, where the trends are, where they see things going. And because they live this industry, the amount of information that they put out is phenomenal. Other thing that they do that I find to be very interesting is that um, they respond, and Joy is particularly good at this, responding to news of the day. It's not, there's very little promotion when you think about thought leadership. It's much more about how are you helping your clients, your customers, your potential customers understand your industry, understand how whatever it is that you do, whether it's a service or a product, how it can help your clients with their lives, make the quality of their lives better. That's what you're really talking about. And also it's not always about exactly what you do, or how you do it, it may be just your general conversation about what's going on. Um, these ladies also tend to take um, controversial stances. Um, they're not afraid to get out there and say, this is what I believe in. So that really gives you a feel of how transparent they're being. It's not about um, being liked by everyone. That's not what thought leadership is about. And when you look at them, you follow them, you follow their brands, um, on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, um, and, and you look at their videos on YouTube, you'll definitely get a feeling. You'll also see that the media goes to them 
they're one of the first places that the media goes when they want to get a comment because they know that they're going to get something that's interesting, that's insightful, that's unique, um, that really adds to the story. And so I really think that those attributes are really, really important. Lastly, I want to say that they're very consistent. So their information is coming out on a consistent basis. I look forward, there's um, there's another person who I think of, which is who is Peter Shankman when, it, when we come to PR and communication. I look forward to his emails. They're gonna have little nuggets in there of things that I can use, but it's also so much about who he is as a person, what his struggles are, where he's inspiring us to do more, uh, where he's promoting other people, uh, which is another huge part of thought leadership is if you, once you develop your following, that you promote other people. All those things are very, very important. And they say, I want to contribute to the overall knowledge that's out there about this industry. But I'm also comfortable. I'm comfortable enough with myself that you can get to know me a bit. I can laugh at myself. I can tell you some of my struggles. I can tell you things that have helped me in my life that might help you. And it's more of that one-on-one, -on -one, although you're speaking to a lot of people, but you're giving of yourself when you're a thought leader. You know who's particularly good at that too? Dave Avron and uh, Michael Smart. Also, this, these are PR industry folks, but both of those guys do a particularly good job at dropping out an email. They're, you know, once a month or once a quarter, um, just saying, hey, this is something interesting that happened or something that I found useful. Um, you know, they, they are particularly good, like you say, Diane, at just, you know, letting you know who they are and what their lives are like on a daily basis. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not that it's it's not that checking in at the supermarket. It's not that kind of thing when we're, we're talking about what their lives are like. We're talking about things that hit them while they were out walking the dog or ideas that where they thought, oh, now that really helped me. I bet it would help somebody else. Those are the types of, of um, nuggets and tidbits and stories that they put into their outreach. It really gives you a sense of who they are. And when you get to that, when you get to that level and you're feeling that comfortable, and yes, you're putting yourself out there because social media can be a harsh world at times. Um, but the fact is that you, you prepare for that and you know that the greater majority of people are going to say, wow, thanks for that. That was, that was great. Um, I really learned from that. It's wisdom that you're sharing, both personal wisdom and wisdom for your industry. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, I was going to say, as we both gear up to jump in, because yeah, we're, like... we're so excited. Yay! Um, you know, it's it's all well and good to have these conversations and to have this background and this ex expertise. But what do we know, right? We You've got to get it out there. You've got to have a platform. You've got to figure out what is the best platform to spread your word for us. Uh, Facebook Lives work really, really well. This also pushes to YouTube. It's a great platform. We also take this content, as you guys know, and we break it down into a blog post. So if you've got like just a couple of minutes at the computer and you just want to roll through it, you've got something written as a blog post. We're also producing in the middle of producing um, podcasts with this content. So if you have a commute, you're like, you know what, could I just plug something in and listen to it really quickly? So there's lots of different ways that you can deliver content and lots of different platforms that you can use. So what we always tell people is start with the platforms that you own, right? Almost everybody's got a website. Start there. Is it like Diane was just saying, is it a monthly, quarterly, weekly email that you send out to your email list? You own that list. So you could, you know, drop out something useful um, that positions you as a, as a thought leader in an email, in blogs, in blogs, like we just talked about. So there are lots of different ways, but I think, Jordan, you have um, a particularly good way of thinking about what's the best medium for this message? Well, I think of the medium that everyone is on and that's that's facebook and it's not even close i mean i was looking at some of the statistics this week as we were getting ready for this friday chat and facebook still blows every other social media platform out of the water when it comes to active users and you know 
not counting Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp, which are both owned by Facebook. Instagram is number two. Guess who owns Instagram? Facebook. <laughs> so you've got to be on Facebook um, if you're hoping to at least get your message out to the masses. Now, the question is, as you're trying to position yourself to be a thought leader, is Facebook really the platform that you want to target? Because when I go onto a Facebook page, um, let's just say it's Starbucks, right? Because I like, um, I want to find out when uh, pumpkin spice lattes are coming back. <laughs> you know, I've never had a pumpkin spice latte. What? You can have them all, Jordan. Oh, they're they're so all good. yours. They're so, <laughs> so I go on there as a fan. I go on there as a customer. I don't go on there as, you know, um, a Dunkin' Donuts guy looking for, you know, a little nugget from, you know, an industry nugget from a Starbucks CEO or something. So Facebook is kind of good and bad when you're looking at using that platform to build your uh, thought leadership, because I think it's really good to show off that you're having a constant cadence um, of content on your Facebook page and you're interacting with some of your customers and maybe you're helping to solve some of their problems if they have an issue with you, because that's going to help build your digital credibility. Uh, but it's not necessarily going to be the audience that you probably want to be putting some of that stuff out there too, because they're your consumers. Um, if you've discovered a way to uh, take the coffee bean and, you know, flip your fingers and then it's magically ground without having to press it or grind it or whatever, um, that's all well and good. But, you know, you know, your consumers just want to know when pumpkin spice latte is coming out, right? <laughs> so. Facebook, it's kind of, um, it's a good thing to be on just to build that loyalty with your customer base, but maybe not necessarily where you want to go um, to target some of those industry people. Now, Sarah, Twitter, on the other hand, you were talking about Twitter with Mr. Jesper Anderson just a few minutes ago. This is where industry lives. They're on there all the time. Journalists right. and industry experts. Industry, yeah, and media. Mm -hmm. So um, Twitter, now, that you know, you just talked about some of the pros and cons of Facebook. Mm -hmm. Some of the pros and cons of Twitter are that Twitter's a much more open platform. The whole point of Twitter is that um, you can reach journalists that you uh, maybe wouldn't be able to pick up the phone or send an email to, and they'll you know they'll respond on Twitter because that's where they're getting interaction. Um, you can reach industry leaders in on Twitter because you know they're available. They're on Twitter, you know, as they check their phones in bed every morning. So. Um, Twitter's wonderful for that. Twitter is not maybe wonderful because that's where the trolls hang out. Um, you know, that's where you get a lot of sort of, I don't know, ganging up behavior um, and just sort of some, some, some unsavory behavior every now and again. But I think, Diane, to your point just a, a minute ago, if you are thoughtful, um, precise if you have a clear message and a clear strategy for conveying that message. And you're not just sort of getting on to Twitter and popping off with your thought of the moment. Mm -hmm. um, your thought of the moment is generally not super useful. So, you know, get well, on to And it really puts you in a position that, that you're almost inviting mm -hmm. negative comments to come back. You have to really think about that. So yeah, you're right. Dropping off is not a good idea on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the takeaway from today. But if you well, want to be on Twitter, don't pop off on Twitter. Yeah, have a strategy, and that's really what we're talking about. And that's what that one sheet is about: is creating a strategy so that you are thinking about what am I trying to convey? Who might I be trying to to uh, communicate with? Where are they? Which social media platform are they on? Is it LinkedIn? Maybe it's not Twitter. Maybe it's LinkedIn. Maybe it's um, like Jordan said, maybe it's Facebook for customers, but it's um, LinkedIn for people to say, oh, you know, I've got this particular business strategy that's working mm -hmm. well, you know, and you're, you're building business leads. So that's that's the kind of thought process that goes behind, um, you know, which platform are we going to use to communicate on? I think with Twitter, too, you have to be careful as well. As Diane mentioned, um, a couple of the thought leaders that she follows have no problem going against the grain. And when you are going against the grain on Twitter, you're going to hear about it. People are not shy uh, about their opinions. So what may happen here is you may have a genuine question or comment, and that may just get absolutely buried 
in the noise from other people coming at, you know, that Twitter account from all angles. Um, so, you know, if you're trying to engage with a thought leader that's already out there and they don't get back to you, don't take it personally, especially if it's a really hot topic. They just may not have seen it. Um, just continue to be persistent. That's all. Don't be discouraged. How important do you think pictures are on Twitter? I'm sorry, pictures? Yeah, on Twitter. How important do you think they are? Uh, pictures, GIFs, uh, anything, any type of visual medium um, for sure is going to help your, you know, your tweets stand out over anybody else's. And, um, you know, maybe if it's a, you're tweeting at an industry leader and you're using a GIF, keep in mind, which you use because what may be funny to you, which I think is <laughs> hilarious, I usually default to SpongeBob, but I'm probably not going to tweet a SpongeBob GIF from the MNC account right. to uh, somebody. Just be careful what you're doing there. If you're going to send them a medium, um, like a video or a GIF or a picture, just be very careful at what you choose to use. You know, I was Jordan, I was thinking um, we have the four C's document that we mm -hmm. um, offer as a downloadable one sheet. But I'm wondering if we it ought to be the six C's document because consistent cadence of content, uh, I think, could be added to that doc very quickly. You mentioned it a minute ago. But if you are um, and, and Diane, you know, David and Michael Smart and um, Peter Shankman and all these guys are really, really good at this, you know that if it's. Um, you know, at the end of the week or the end of the month or whatever it is that you're going to get a little email popping in your inbox from those guys saying, hey, this is what I've been working on and this is useful and I thought you might find it useful as well. If you go to social media, same kind of thing, a consistent cadence, you are always there. And David Aaron says that, be present for your audience at their moment of need, right? Have that information, whether it's, you know, cutting edge information about widgets Make sure that you're consistently putting out that information so that your audience, when they think, gosh, I really need to dig up some more data on widgets. You know what? I know who has that information and they come to you. And that's where the consistency is really important. So we should talk about Instagram, too, because I mentioned that as being the number two um, platform behind Facebook with the most active users. But that's kind of the safe place. Um, when I want to unwind and get away from all the political nonsense or whatever, the, the pandemic, I'm going to go to Instagram. And it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's great to have an Instagram strategy because um, we all know if you want to check out the MNC Instagram, you're going to see. You pictures. will see a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, puggle. All, yeah. The puggle. The puggles of Instagram. <laughs> you're, you're occasionally going to see. He's also the. Uh, the um, lead contender for MNC Communications Employee of the Month. Yeah, I, I didn't know oh, that. I missed it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not necessarily the place that you probably want to be putting out that thought leadership because um, not that it's a, a bad area to do it, but the people who are there, they're probably just trying to unwind a little bit. They want to see the cute pictures of the kittens and the puppies. And, you know, if they want to be thinking about things, they're probably going to be on Twitter on your website, on LinkedIn. And but they might be interested in behind the scenes content. So we yeah, use absolutely. Instagram a yeah. lot of a lot of times for that. Like, hey, here we are putting on the um, nine hour social media takeover. Here's some behind the scenes stuff of like the desk and the, you know, the monitors and all the, the cords going across the floor. That's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting. And that that sort of behind the scenes content does do really well on Instagram and leads, you know, it's that sort of uh, pathway back to your thought leadership of, you know, here we are doing this really big, interesting thing. And if you want to see that, you go to Facebook or you go to Twitter, or you go to our website. But if you just want a fun peek behind the curtain of like what it takes to put this crazy thing on, come to Instagram and we're having a ball. Yeah, exactly. You have to be very careful that it's not all promotion. I have definitely seen Instagram pages that were just straight promotion. I think it's such a missed opportunity. I do too. Think about having pictures of people using your product, using your product in fun ways, um, doing fun things, and your product happens to be in the picture. Um, it's almost product placement in, in that case. But think of it that way as opposed to a picture of your product and attributes of your product. That's just not – now, if you're doing an Instagram ad, that's a whole different thing. But you'll notice that people who are very successful on Instagram – 
are actually doing Instagram stories usually where they're talking about the product or they're showing something fun that they do with the product or that the product does for them and it makes their life better however so if it was a cbd product and i wanted to i would probably think about having somebody in a hammock you know relaxing or there's cbd that really helps you focus so maybe there's something where you know there's a picture where everything else is blurred and the person is in focus and then there's a caption under it. I mean, it's those types of things where you really think about what's the message you're trying to get across. It should be fun and visual and not just here's my product. And yes, pretty pictures of your product every now and then you can put them on. But for the most part, don't do that because that does take away from the, the thought leadership of your product. Um, and if there is something that's in the news that's interesting, that you can visualize that you can then put something on Instagram about you can do that. That's okay. Um, but again, as Jordan says, this is more of an escape area and, and people go there to relax a bit and have a good time and see fun things. Now, I think we saved the best platform for last year, Diane, and uh, it's going to be LinkedIn. How important is LinkedIn? You own MNC communications. Uh, what have you seen as a business owner as you've connected with thought leaders in our space? Um, well, we got a client today from LinkedIn, uh, which is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So I love that. And it was based, I think, on a thought leadership piece that I did with Hemp Industry Daily. Um, and so when I was able to do that piece, um, that then we put that on our LinkedIn. But not only did we put it on our LinkedIn, I made sure that it got into um, the different groups on LinkedIn that have to do with CBD that I'm a member of. Um, it gives people uh, specific tips on brand protection, which is really important. Um, but this is a place where I can comment on things. I would say I post less and comment more on LinkedIn and reinforce other people, share, their, share what they're doing as well, um, because this is really a B2B platform. And I want to, if I have some great information, I'm definitely going to put it on LinkedIn. I'm going to try and figure out how to put it with a, with somewhat of a, some type of a visual as well, because everybody wants that. But I also think it's so important that you're monitoring other people. And when you're thinking about business, monitor potential clients as well as clients, but make sure you take care of those clients because love on LinkedIn is really, really important. And I think that, that, um, it's fairly easy to do. And I love, you know, once you're on LinkedIn, you have the top bar. I, I look at LinkedIn every day. I look at what my notifications are. I look at my messages. I know who's got um, anniversaries and birthdays and that type of thing. And I can just dash off a quick message just so they know that I'm thinking about them. That's really, really important. But again, it's consistency and it is doing it every day. And what I would say to the business owners out there, I get how busy you are. I really get that. Um, so I give, I do it first thing in the morning and I try to, to whip through my social in 15 minutes. That's really important. The other thing that we do is we schedule social so that when Jordan is doing MNC social and, and, and we're lucky enough to have Jordan do that, um, he can schedule it. That's right. He can schedule it so that um, we're not thinking, oh God, I didn't get that done today. It's already scheduled. It's already done. We took two hours, we got the schedule done and it's gonna be there. We can still go on and, um, and we're commenting and sharing as well as posting. So that's where the consistency comes in. But people see us and I think Sarah, what you said about um, David Avern saying, be there when they need you. That's hugely important. Um, and it's also a way for you to share um, from a business standpoint, those things that, um, that are gonna make people's lives easier in business. I always think about sharing those things on LinkedIn and sharing more personal things about who I am and what I love to do uh, on Facebook um, and then showing that on Instagram. I happen to live in the mountains and we have all kinds of animals and we have great, it's just a beautiful place to live, sunrises and all the stuff. That's where I show um, what that part of my life which is wonderful and it's um, and it's fun and people love the pictures. So it works out. And of course, you can always show your animals. You can't ever go wrong. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with animals. You but, cannot go wrong. Um, and, and media, I just saw a, uh, um, I was reading some research yesterday that media now is 
going to LinkedIn first when they're searching for people to interview. That's fascinating to me. So you meet them on Twitter, you develop a relationship on Twitter, but then they're going to go on LinkedIn to see how credible you are, to see what you're talking about, to see how much depth there is to what you know about your industry. And when we're talking about that, that's what we're really talking about thought leadership. Well, that's a great point. And I think that that helps differentiate where you would go and what kind of content you would put on the different platforms. Oh, quickly, next week, everyone, we are tackling a new topic to help protect your brand and build your business. We're going to show you some of the things in our toolkit. Jordan's off, so ignore Jordan. But next week, Diane and I are going to be talking about the best. Wait a minute, Jordan disappeared. <laughs> you said ignore Jordan. So. Ignore, I didn't say disappear, man. Anyway, Jordan won't be here. It'll look like that next week. But Diane and I are gonna be going through some of the best tools that you can use to get your audience to stop, watch, and listen, right? You're, to pay attention. Um, so you'll get a peek into our toolkit and um, that'll be really fun next week. So if you have thoughts, ideas, questions about that, um, chat them to us, email them to us and let us know. Now, guys, I'm uh, as an old time producer, we're running a little bit heavy here. So topic three, we're going to uh, shaboogie through, as I like to say. Um, but let's Get right Good to golly, it. Sarah, really? Good golly. It's the sniggly bits that we're sweeping up here. These are some of my Sarah-isms. <laughs> Determine what you're good at, right? So each of the three of us is good at different things. And we have built a, a strategy around MNC based on who's really good at that. Who does that better among the three of us than anyone else? And that's how we uh, tackle a lot of the thought leadership that we produce here at MNC. So, you know, maybe you're really good at public speaking, but maybe you're not so good at writing. So, you know, could you take the speech that you present, the presentation that you do, and then have someone else in your office, a colleague, take a crack at writing that up into a blog post. Maybe you're a great writer, but you know your capitalization and punctuation and some of that stuff leave, leaves a bit to be desired. So, <laughs> <laughs> Not anybody, Jordan. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were throwing shade my way or if that was just a... Uh... I wasn't going to call you out. Mention it, Jordan. You have a real issue with commas. Pal. I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> but you know, we're having a ball here, teasing each other. But but it's really a good point. Some people are great at editing. Some people are great at public speaking. Some people are just wow. They've got a brain for social media. So capitalize on the strengths that you have personally that maybe are in your office put people to work doing what they're really good at. And, you know, yeah, what they love, what really makes them get out of bed in the morning. And then you've got the beginning of a great strategy right then and there. I think it's important, you know, Sarah, that we all look at what we're good at. So I look at MNC and um, you know, I look at you two and I see Diane where, you know, if life gives her lemons, she can whip up not only some lemonade, but a lemon meringue pie. Uh, a lemon sorbet, amongst other things. I'm running out of fingers, so I'm holding my pen too. And lemony things. <laughs> but that's that's the whole move this stairs mantra. And Sarah, I look at you, and it's almost like you can see things um, with like some sort of supernatural eye. Like you, you can whether it's copy you're looking at, video that you're reviewing. Um, you just have this uncanny ability to you know see things that others can't. Um, and I look at myself and, you know, uh, aside from being comic relief for MNC, uh, <laughs> amongst other things, um, I, I'm kind of like the jack of all trades. So, you know, I have my hand in a little bit of everything as I'm continuing to learn more about the um, public relations field. But and we can all great, work with one another. You bring great perspective. Um, and you are also very fast on your feet. All those years of doing weather 
and making it up <laughs> as you went along um, and being very glib and great with that um, and engaging, that's, that's really your forte, absolutely. Well, and I was going to say too, and we're going to have to be careful and take him back down a notch in a second. But Jordan, you're Thomas, particularly Thomas, good at commas, commas, pal. <laughs> I'm going at those commas. But but I think that part of being fast on your feet, and also, um, and we do this very um, purposefully. We've got Jordan's a, a younger guy, so he has a um, an authoritative voice on social media and a real ear for what is playing out in social media, what might be a great social media campaign or strategy. Um, and so we've got, you know, like you see, we've got different strengths, different expertise, different experience, different backgrounds mm -hmm. that we're bringing in. And I think the, the real secret sauce, if you will, is figuring out how to create a process where that works together, where you're reinforcing stuff. So, you know, I take a crack at this and then I hand it off and you guys say, oh yeah, that's great. Um, you know, have you thought about this or maybe we should add that in? Um, and that's, that's I think the real underlying um, trick to getting this all to work together is, you know, how can you play on those strengths and build on those strengths? Absolutely. And I think that as you're doing that, your presentation is incredibly important, that you have to be confident you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to feel good about what it is that you're talking about and know that you know. If There are times when you can fake it till you make it. Thought leadership is not one of those times. Mm -hmm. You do not want to do that. You really want to do your homework. Um, and if you're not the best writer, get other people, as Sarah and Jordan both said, get other people to, to look at your stuff. I am not the best writer. Definitely. There's nothing that goes out of MNC that these two don't review and edit for me and make 10,000 times better. Um, I had a boss once who said, man, you always make me look good. That's how I feel in working with Jordan and Sarah. That's you need those people around you who are going to understand that there are certain things that you're really good at. Um, and I would say the other thing that's, that's fascinating is that um, as you get older and you've gone through more and more and more, what Jordan thinks is making lemon meringue pie is just years and years of going through different types of crises, right? And and learning it and having the experience of that, which is then thank you, Jordan. That was very nice for you to say. But I think that's really important. Also figure out which platform, where is it that you're you're going to spend most of your time in thought leadership so that you're going to have the most impact. And you're going to really go after that target audience. I think with thought leadership, one of the things that people do is they just kind of put it out there. Don't just put it out there. Really think and make that target audience as narrow as possible. The reality is that if you and thought leadership are, can go deep with people um, and you're not just going to everybody, but people know that you really get them. That means that you've narrowed that audience. And when you're doing thought leadership and you narrow that audience, that means that when they have the issue that you're the thought leader in, you're going to be the one that they call. And that's going to make such a big difference. So if you're going into a new vertical, you have to kind of go in kind of, you have to go in humbly and, and learn a lot. And, and thought leadership at that point may mean that you're getting to know the right people and you're you're learning from them and then you're sharing, which is a wonderful way for you to build your thought leadership. You're sharing other people who have even more wisdom than you do. And then as you're as you get more and more wisdom in that area, you can branch out and start saying more things that are new and unique. But it's okay. Reality is that there's so much information out there that if you can build a community where you're even just gathering all the right information, all the really relevant information, all the information that's going to make a quali the quality of life better for your very narrow audience. You are going to be go become a go-to person. You're going to learn from that. And from that, that will inform your own thought leadership as you move forward. So that's another way for you to look at it is that it's okay um, if you're just starting out. It's okay could still have a thought leadership position in that you're a connector and that's a that's a thought leader in and of themselves a networker a connector somebody who helps somebody who's aggregating information 
it's the one place I can go where I know I'm going to know everything that happened uh, in the industry. And may and then as you learn more and more, then you start putting your own voice to it. So is it, so it shouldn't be daunting for you if you're if you're like, geez, I don't know if I'm a thought leader. Sure you are. If you're in business and you're working in a specific industry and you're and you're working it every day, you'll get to your Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours eventually. But until you get there, you tell you you go and you make sure that you know who the thought leaders are and you're learning from them and then you're helping the people that are coming from behind you as well. So that's really, really important. So I want you to think about the visuals. Um, are, is it an Instagram place? No, I don't think so. If it's business, I would be on LinkedIn. Absolutely. But for personal, so that you get to know a little bit more about me, that's where I'm going to be on Facebook. So as we said, think about the different channels and for media, I'm going to follow the media who are, are covering my industry. I'm going to comment. I'm going to see if I can help them. I'm going to connect them with other people. I may you know not be interview, but they'll remember me later on. Um, I just had that experience last night. Literally last night, I'm just flipping through Twitter and a reporter for one of the local newspapers um, tweeted, hey, I need parents in such and so school district, our school district, uh, to talk to about the first day of school. And so I just, I liked that tweet. And he responded and said, hey, would you know anyone? And I said, you bet I know, you know, I can give you 15 people. And connected him with a couple of, uh, of uh, parents last night. And that, you know, it's the kind of thing where that doesn't help me. It doesn't help my client necessarily. But that reporter knows that he can count on me and that when he needed, you know, gosh, I just need somebody to talk to, I helped him out. And, you know, that was easy for me to do. And it was like, you know, five remember minutes. Your, he'll remember your name when you're right. asking him for coverage. Or right. um, if he has a PR issue, um, he'll, if he, he's going to look and see what's on your LinkedIn. I mean, who are you? Who is this person that's being so nice to me and see that you work for MSC communications. And so if he has a PR issue, a crisis issue, he wants to talk about something um, having to do with PR, who is he going to go to? Somebody who already knows, um, right. somebody who already helped him out, somebody who responds quickly. And that's you. So a same thing. If, if the, if the reporters are covering CBD and they've got, they've got a great story out there, you know, how can you help them? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about you. It can be about you. That's fine too. But um, many times it can be, oh, I know exactly who that person should call and I'm going to connect them. That's a great way to build your thought leadership position within the media community. All right. All right. We're back on, going, Sarah. We're back on track. Well, I was going to say, are you ready for my, my next favorite uh, Sarahism is snuggity, um, which means we need to sort of cook through the last part of this. But quickly, um, just a reminder, we have the one sheet downloadable attached, and you can get that through the link to our blog post um, that is on this Facebook post, and uh, you can find it also in the blog section of our website. Because it's really, it's simple to, to create a thought leadership strategy. We've got three steps just to get you thinking, just to get you started. Um, and so you can use that to get cracking on your own thought leadership strategy. But and Diane, you really just kind of um, touched on this, talking about outreaching in your own industry and how that can lead, um, lend credence to your voice. So, you know, we mentioned this already, you can have great content, you can have lots of great content, you can have incredible experience and expertise, but you don't become a thought leader overnight, right? You don't put out one blog post and have the phone start ringing and people going, gosh, that was so <laughs> I want to talk to you. As a matter of fact, you know, a huge amount of the work that we've been doing um, in the last six months, eight months, nine months has been on developing our thought leadership strategy. And what I want to say to you is it is a marathon, not a sprint. So, SEO is one of the things that we've really been putting a lot of work into and our website and how those um, work together, our blog posts, everything that we do begins with um, SEO so that we can make sure that people find this content when they need it. But what that means is behind the scenes, 
Um, there's a huge amount of work that has gone on, is going on, and will always go on. It's not the kind of thing where you go, boy, I've got a great looking website. I've got my three social media platforms and I am talking about stuff all the time on this <laughs> and I'm done. That's just not how it works. And that's, that's where the marathon strategy comes in and that consistent cadence comes in. It is something that you always nurture. You always work on. You always are learning new things and incorporating those new things, making sure that you are, using the you know latest technology or that you're keeping up with what's happening in the industry. And um, if you're doing all of that in the background, um, then you are building your reputation, you're building your, your credibility in the space, in your industry, um, as you are developing that content and becoming a thought leader in your industry. Absolutely. I think that um, I'm in a number of groups on LinkedIn that have to do with CBD. Mm -hmm. But I also happen to have another monitor here that has, for me, I love CNBC because it's just straight down the middle. I'm an old time big J journalist um, and I love the financial information. But this week they interviewed two uh, cannabis executives, both of whom did great jobs on their interviews. I immediately, as I'm watching it, wrote down their names, went on LinkedIn found them, they were not part of our network yet, and shot off a note about how much I enjoyed what they said and why I enjoyed what it said and sent them back. I got, I, I was responded to by both of them immediately on LinkedIn. Then what I'm going to do is now that we have a conversation going, now I'm certainly going to add them so that they know that we're doing these chats so that they get the monthly email that we send out. If they decide they don't want it, that's just fine. Um, mm -hmm. But um, and then I went on and made sure that if if they had and they both had, they were both both very savvy. They both had the CNBC interviews on their LinkedIn pages. I shared it to our page and I shared it with the message. And then I went on Twitter and said, are they on Twitter? Are they doing the same thing? Um, and can I share that to the MNC Twitter page? All of these things helps me associate myself with them. And they see me as a thought leader in PR because they see exactly what I'm doing. And it's a, it's a win-win. It's not stalking. It's a, they were on TV. <laughs> uh, it's a win-win. But it's literally, um, if I saw somebody in one of the business journals and they had a great article, I'm going to respond there. And then I'm going to start sending them our information as well to see if it would help them. But we're developing these relationships and I am positioning myself as a thought leader in the CBD industry from a, from a communication standpoint, from a brand protection standpoint, all the things that we want to do that we think we can do better than anybody else that's out there. And I'm sure most of the people that are watching this really believe that what they do, they do better than anyone else. They're very passionate about it. Um, so how do I take the, the potential client's message and move that? as part of my strategy of building my own thought leadership. Because again, it's a win-win situation and that's what we're trying to do here. So I think that that's really important. Um, I always try to make sure that I get those email addresses um, and, and it makes it very well. It, it, what it says is, I care about you. I care about this industry. I'd like to be involved with you because I respect you. I respect who you are. And I think that I may be able to add something to what you're doing. And that's how you really um, push brand protection and PR and help people understand um, how you build yourself because we're building our thought leader position. Uh, we're building our thought leadership position at the same time. And that didn't take long, did it, Diane? Five minutes, no. 10 minutes? No. And, you know, I didn't do it all at once because I had other things going on. Mm -hmm. So I have a little note. I, ha I always have my legal pad because I'm old school. Um, I still have my legal pads. and. The names are down and in between, like when I'm waiting for my computer to boot up or I'm waiting for somebody to answer a phone call um, or I just have five minutes, I'll go through that and whip that stuff out and then it's done for the day. But it's consistent and it's and it's that day. That's also key is that I'm responding quickly um, on at least one. Um, and for this one, the, it was most important for me to respond. I felt I'm linked into them quickly. 
the rest of the stuff I can do throughout the day. By the end of the day, I've added two or three more contacts. And by the end of the week, I usually have added 10 to 15 contacts. Um, we've usually added people to our Facebook um, MNC page, which we only started in April and we're closing in on 500, um, 500 people on it right now. And that's all just by that little bit here and there during the day. Um, but people, you know, it's just the, it's the type of thing where there's a, there's a whole strategy of writing a note card in the morning, um, one a day or two a day to someone just so that they get that message. It's, it's very interesting. There's tons of ways that you can do this. And again, as we talked about, it's choose one or two that really work for you and do them well. That's key. And then once you get them down, then you can start adding other things in. And be sure to check in with them too. Uh, you talked about it on LinkedIn being your primary focus for that one interaction, but we have Twitter lists built for our clients, potential clients, journalists, uh, you name it. We've got a list for it. Same goes for Facebook too. We're constantly checking in with Facebook and folks who we want to interact with or other companies. Uh, so it's really important to not just make that initial contact, but keep it going. You don't want to bombard them with stuff but give them a like every now and then on uh, something it. that they post. You want to have them feel like you're someone that's, that is open to yeah. talk to and that they're going to have fun with. That yeah. is, you, you need to be credible, but you also need to have some fun with it so that something is going to be enjoyed. It's going to be an enjoyable interaction as you're both doing great business. I was uh, another just quick uh, example from Twitter, but just about the consistency to reiterate that point. There's a particular journalist that I just have a sort of a steady chat with on, on Twitter um, who posted a picture of a bunch of Rocky Ford cantaloupe. Rocky Ford's one of our clients um, and said, oh, you know, this is great stuff. Well, um, for dinner last night, I had most of a Rocky Ford cantaloupe and these really fabulous little spicy uh, Spanish corn nuts you haven't tried it, try it. It's amazing. Uh, but that was my dinner last night. And so I thought, you know what, you know, who needs to know this is this journalist that I follow who has a whole Rocky Ford cantaloupe cut up in his fridge right now. I just happen to know that because he put it on Twitter. So, you know, I sent him a, a picture of it and said, oh man, if you haven't tried this, you got to give it a go. And again, that's a very lighthearted, you know, very um, inconsequential touch base. But that consistency, and, and here's the word of the day, guys. The word of the day is? Consistency. consistency. <laughs> right? You know, this is Not just. It was a, Guinness. Sorry, that's. Dirty. Guinness. That's I the know. word of the day at four. But it's always the word of the day in this house. That's all I know. <laughs> it's like sniggly bits at Sarah's house. Sniggly bits. Yeah. I'm, you know, we've got the whole list. I've got a dictionary. I'll share it with everybody. At some point. But consistency, right. Just making sure that you're touching base, that they know that you are thinking about them authentically, right. that you, that this isn't, um, and, and, you know, to, to go back to your point a few minutes ago, Diane, you're not going, Oh, you know, you need to try this product and I have this product that'll change your life. That's sales. <laughs> That's not what we're doing. We're doing thought leadership. Hey, I was thinking of you. This information is useful to me. It might be useful to you. Um, you know, here's some stuff that you can use. Something out there. The the company that um, that approached me this morning um, said we'd be very interested in talking to you. I immediately went on all their social and their YouTube. Came up with three things that I thought would help take it to the next level. They're not three things that we do. It's just. And I said, this is what I really like about what I'm seeing. Here's some ideas that might help you with what you're doing and, and the impact that you're having with your clients. That's free. There you go. It, that's, but that says, I know what the heck I'm talking about, that I have some wisdom in this area and that I am more than willing to share it with you right now. That builds thought leadership and people will remember that. And I may not ever work with this client again, or I may, or maybe I'll work with somebody who's got a budget in January. Um, and they're like, wow, thank you for those, for those tips. Um, that really made a difference for us. And it is easy stuff we can do. And then of course, I always want to come back and do the harder things for them, but the timing wasn't right. And maybe it's three months, six months. I have had people come back two and three years later 
and say, okay, because of that conversation, you helped me with this. Now I have something that I really need you to help me with. And it really, you know, that's, that's that long-term marketing funnel that we all talk about. But when you're talking about thought leadership, this is a marathon and you will have some quick hits and you'll run some races, win some races very quickly. And then you'll have the other ones. But many times when you're winning the marathon, you're winning the big ticket. Um, and that's what you're looking for. And you want to have a couple of those marathons going on at all times. So we're so we're running a lot of exercise today. <laughs> we haven't seen Ruth this year's podcast. I'm tired. I'm ready for Guinness. <laughs> so thank you so much for watching today. We're here every Friday with our Move the Stairs Friday chat. Um, as we talked about next week, Sarah, we're talking about tools, all sorts of tools, how to get it. Okay. I'm giving you a little, do you know what this is? Do you have an idea what this is? Something you don't want to be on the other end of? <laughs> That's when you're around, Jordan. No. <laughs> That's for the commas, pal. That's right. We're going to tell you what this is and how it can really help you, as well as a number of other very unique tools. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. That we use that can really up your game and yeah. help you make an impact. There we go. Another one. Um, things that are not expensive. Um, and, and you have to determine which ones you want to use when and how they're going to, but if you look good and people can hear you and they can see you, man, it can make such a difference. Um, and the, and the tools that we use, um, and then we're constantly adding to our toolbox. We want to be able to share those with you. So we hope you're, you'll join us next Friday and we hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Move the stairs. <laughs>